0: Good morning, you're listening to The Light Front Page and this is The Light Breakfast with Anita and this morning we have our panelist Gayatri Venkateswaran, Assistant Professor of University Nottingham of Malaysia as well as Datuk Wong Sai Wan Editor-in-Chief of the Malay Mail Today we'll be looking at some hot headlines First one we'll be starting with is the uh, Pakatan, cutting mega projects to spend on you, is exactly what Tony Po said to Cameron Highland's voters Now, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think it was fair for Tony Pua to have said that Maybe we'll start with you, uh, Gayatri. So it feels like, you know, oh, we are here for you.
1: Uh, It's a very, uh, you know... War recruitment, kind of, you know, we are doing it for you. Well, you know, propaganda. Yeah, propaganda. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But I think actually that you know, I mean, to be fair, to be fair to the comments, is that well, you know, the the Pakatan government has begun to started off with uh, reviewing a lot of its mega projects uh, with the intent of saving. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, on that front, of course, I think that uh, it's a fair statement. But well, the question came up because of the allegation or just sort of point of whether Pakatan was actually really invested in the kind of rural development, you know, especially with the Cameron Highlands by-election going on, whether yeah. they're really interested in, say, uplifting the, the, the status of the Orang State community. I think that is also a fair question. Yeah. But I think to say that, oh, we're saving here because we're giving it to you, I think, you know, I mean, anyone who knows budget planning is probably going to say that that's not How exactly, much percentage? exactly <laughs> the, the direction of the funds. I also think that maybe the tone was a little bit, uh, you know, kind of uncalled for, I I, I feel, uh, you know, I think it as an, as an elected government, mm. I think uh, it's it ought to be a government for all mm-hmm. and it is something that any communities should be you know they should be expecting that especially when you've made promises in your manifesto I know we keep coming back to the manifesto but that's a guide yeah. saying that well this has definitely been identified as one of the areas that will need special treatment or at least uh, a special attention
0: and uh, Dr Wong Sai Wan any thoughts on that? I actually, mean, uh, le- Actually
2: um, let's be fair to Tony mm-hmm. he's been on the job for less than nine months uh, he's still learning how to be a member of the government? Is he saying that uh, therefore those savings won't go to r- the urban areas? Mm. Look, it, it, is, it is just politics. I think he's got to be more worried that he specifically said that he's saving money so that he can develop mm. rural areas like Cameron Highlands. Mm. Mm. Now, under the election law, is that a treat?
0: Right. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, they could got to be pretty careful with what they say. It sounds good. The sounds bite is good. I think the tone was excellent. But has he gotten his candidate in trouble?
0: Interesting. Yeah. And okay, on that front of what you touched uh, about Gayatri, the Orang Asli issue. Currently, w- what are some of the efforts being made by PH for the Orang Asli in general? Do we know that so far?
1: Well, what we know, excuse me, is that, uh, well, there's been a, a failed, postponed, uh, not sure what has happened to... The national conference, uh, mm. which was uh, intended to be the venue to discuss uh, the issues affecting Orang Asli, so we don't know yet what is uh, happening with that. Um, I think it's a good gesture. My question would be: if you want to talk about the, these issues, are you going to make it at a five-star hotel in Putrajaya, or actually go down to the ground and actually find out? So, you know, I think I think it's still a bit early to to sort of say what's. Uh, been some of the efforts, really.
0: Okay, that's good food for thought. Next up, we're going to be discussing Kelantan on a similar issue of Orang Asli, then facing the legal suit. That's next on Light. You're listening to The Light Breakfast with me, Anita. And we're on the light front page with our two panelists this morning, Gayatri from Nottingham University, Malaysia, as well as Dr. Wong Sai Wan, Editor-in-Chief of the Malay Mail. Kelantan ready to face its legal suit filed by the federal government through the AGC pertaining to the orang asli issue in the state. That's what we're talking about this morning. And the Menteri Besar, Datuk Ahmad Yakub said he was waiting for the official documents relating to the suit from the AGC. You know, it's first of its kind, isn't it? Can can you give us a brief background about this case?
2: They are trying to develop an area where the Temiar people traditionally live. Mm-hmm. Okay? To the Kelantan government it's uh, it's a development uh, it will uplift the orang asli economically. But to the orang asli, you are intruding on their way of life. Mm. It is a question of culture, development. But the people there have been demonstrating against this development way beyond even G14. Right. It, was, it, start, it started sometime in January when I first heard of it. Uh-huh. So what irks me on this is that the same thing is happening to orang asli in Iraq. same thing is happening to orang asli in... In Johor, are we going to see a set of suits to against those two governments as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, especially depending on what goes on with this. We so could set the precedent, right? No, it's not. It's only
2: that. Uh, we define it as orang asli. What happened to the natives in Sabah and Sarawak as well? Hmm. Now, they have native customary lands, okay? Yeah. So, is the federal government going to step in and help them as well? Because there, there are a whole bunch of problems in Sabah and Sarawak, hmm. which are even uh, on stronger footing than...
0: Yeah, than the ones in the peninsula.
1: So one of the issues here in Klantan, I guess, is that uh, the reluctance or the delay by the government to actually designate precisely that, right, the native land. That's been one of the sort of expectations that mm-hmm. they ought to do it. And I think that's where maybe there's some differences in even adhering to what is already there in the law to actually um, allocate or to designate what is actually the uh, native land. So part of the civil suit is actually also to then you know, sort of force the hand of the Klantan government to say, well, you're supposed to have done this anyway, which is important because without that, then there is no backing for the orang asli communities to then defend, you know, their their rights to be on that land.
0: Was but there I, always an issue pertaining land rights for the orang asli? It has been the hairs always, yes,
2: ever since. Yes. But the thing is this, are we not creating Red Indian reservations? Mm. That, that, that's, that's the way I look at it. An orang asli who is a nomad, Travel thousands of miles or hundreds of miles in this case. Are mm-hmm. we saying are we fencing them in and says Look, this 500 acres is all yours and and you're stuck here?
1: Right. Well, I don't think it's intended to, and I don't think they see it that way because I think. Their existence is, you know, it's it's coexistence with their own surroundings, mm. and it's a question that actually maybe we should ask them really what they see. Right. This this debate about the 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 development, right? Um, because I think maybe it's too binary to say that they reject the kind of development because then it prevents them from, you know, accessing others. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Mm. Um, but um, definitely, it's been an, an standing issue. And
2: thus, yeah. the need for the conference that the has <laughs> been <really laughs> yeah,
1: the, <laughs> the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: But I guess this could be a good precursor, and and if anything, it would set the precedent for for perhaps uh, a movement in that uh, direction. Yes, it is. All right. Up next, we're going to be talking about the National Anti-Corruption Plan, NECP. It's about to be launched soon. That's also hot in the news. Stay tuned on Light. We're on the Light Breakfast front page. You're here with me, Anita, and two of our panelists this morning, Gayatri Venkateswara, an assistant professor of University Nottingham, Malaysia, as well as Datuk Wong Sai Wan, editor-in-chief of the Malay Mail. And today we're taking a look at some hot stories on the headlines. We're talking about specifically the National Anti-Corruption Plan, NECP, uh, effective 2019 to 2023. Now, what's this about? And you know, we already have anti-corruption policies and bodies in in place. Why do we need the NECP?
1: So this is a kind of a morphed uh, version of what uh, was the integrity plan, the National Integrity Plan that came in after Dr. Uh, Sri Abdullah Ahmad Badawi became the Prime Minister mm, um, in 2004. Uh, yes. So I think that uh, the idea is while you have the agency, the uh, enforcement bodies that actually do the investigations and MAC's- prosecution. For yes.
0: example,
1: <laughs> um, I think it goes beyond just the enforcement itself because you know we are dealing with something that is unfortunately has become a cultural problem, which is that we are so tolerant of corruption at so many levels. We've yeah? become it's not synonymous a, with it. <laughs> yeah, so. I think tackling corruption requires a lot more than just saying, okay, we need to investigate any any complaints or, or you know whistleblowing. So there needs to be a much bigger approach, I think, to uh, anti-corruption. So that includes looking at the way in which governments work, public sector, private sector, and also to raise awareness among the public. So I think that having a policy actually also tells us Number one, how is the government actually going to move in this direction? Because it's a key area, right? Like right. anti corruption, this anti kleptocracy. Yeah. So I think it's important to actually sort of articulate it in a form of a policy, which also then means that there will be enough resources put into fighting or combating corruption. So I think I think it's a good sort of a move really.
2: This yeah. actually this actually has been the dream of Tanzri Abu Qasim. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I mean he was in he was there at the he integrity is, level. Yeah. What he and his team has envisaged is to create a way of life that is against corruption. Uh, he's not I think he has arrested too many people for corruption. He's not he's no yeah. longer targeting that mm. it is just like a national car policy yeah. a national automobile policy <laughs> right. this is the national anti-corruption policy whereby the policy is trying to create uh, from cradle to grave mm. you abhor corruption in, in, you on do, all levels uh, yeah. at all, no it's the way of life I think mm-hmm. I think uh, I've spoken to him often enough that he used to say the best thing was the anti-corruption agency is disbanded because it's no longer got a job. Mm. That, 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 mm. that is what this is about. It's just that why would you have national automobile policy? Because you want to make sure there are that number of cars on the road. That's
0: it. Okay, Dr Wong, you were saying about the, uh, how it's comparable to the NEP.
2: Yep, because if we see it as a national policy, mm-hmm. it should be a creation of a new culture. Even when it was the national integrity policy, it was supposed to be something like that. But I think they're now more very specific. They're calling it by its actual name, mm-hmm. uh, yes. to Unified Corruption. corruption. Yeah. And you have a Prime Minister who loves Japan. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very Japanese thing, you know.
0: Yes, also, mm. actually. Uh, yeah. interesting it, it's a very Japanese parallels. thing.
2: Parallels. Uh, because if you go to a football stadium after a Japanese match every single one pick up their own trash. rubbish and their neighbor's trash as well and it, it gives clean and i think i think i think that's the way that they want it done
0: all right next we're going to be talking about the minister promising a coupon system after the school <sighs> uniform bungles for poor children <laughs> that's next on light you're listening to The Light Breakfast with Anita and we're on the light front page with our panelists this morning Gayatri Venkateswaran of University of Nottingham of Malaysia as well as Datuk Wong Sai Wan of the Malay Mail Now, uh, a, a lighter story from what we've been talking about Well, lighter not but not so funny actually it's true. Uh, Minister promises coupon system after school uniform bungle for poor kids Now, for the benefit of our listeners maybe, Datuk, you can start with telling us about Yayasan Wilay Hapur- okay. Persekutuan
2: Yayasan Wilay Persekutuan is a uh, it's a charity body within, under the purview of uh, DBKL. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year, they do some CSR at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year. Last year, it was free school bus. I think this year, they decided to give out uniforms and school bags. Mm-hmm. Unfortun- to DD school children, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, to the, all those living in the people housing schemes. There right. are seven of them in KL. Right. Unfortunately, when the uniforms arrived on time, mm-hmm. they didn't fit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were with, uh, sizing for adults or babies. Uh, Instead of
2: school children, we don't really know exactly whether the uniforms went to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. It was totally out
0: Well it, it turns out That these items Were imported from China So that, that was where The blame had went uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it Apparently Not only was it Late in delivery But uh, apparently The sizing was off And uh, I guess that's why The minister is now saying That beginning next year The coupon system Instead will be used uh, For the recipients And they can go And choose their own baju Now the question is also Do you think there is a need For a foreign supplier And and you know Why don't we just get Local suppliers I think the supplier Is probably not the issue
1: la. You mm-hmm. know sometimes Well you know if If you can get it at a better cost, seriously, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. I think here is, you know, we are, we have incidents here and there that show lack of attention to understanding or details. Yep. So there's this, you know, like, let's jump in and do something. And then when that doesn't work now, let's come up with something else because, (laughs) you know, here's a huge problem. Um, Well, they had to fix it somehow. Yeah. Personally, I don't think like it's a huge problem. right? Right. I think something went wrong here. Yeah. Uh, maybe we just need to find out what was it that really went wrong. Yeah. I think maybe we shouldn't make a mountain out of molehill mm. and start introducing new systems because coupons also will probably need some kind of a tendering to make sure that it's the right people who are doing it. And cu-
2: there are a lot yes, of abuses point. when it comes to, we to coupons.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Is maybe right? that's not actually the best way forward. Perhaps just say no. rectify. If,
2: if, I think if if they look at it, they will see that the reason why they actually gave out uniforms in the first place, they didn't give coupons because the poor people might actually sell them coupons.
0: Interesting. Yes. As as they do with food sometimes. Book
1: vouchers? Food vouchers. Book vouchers. That's what happened with the, yeah.
2: yeah. So, so I think the thought was to give out uniform, fit to size and you can't sell that. Uh, and why is it done in China? Is obviously the cheapest supply. Right. I'm taking all this all on the surface that there was proper tender. You <laughs> due, know, diligence. Due, due diligence, due diligence in the know? process but, of. But okay. Seriously, if, if, I mean, uh, during the general elections, all whether you were from Barisan or Pakatan, all your T-shirts, your banners,
0: exactly, were Bantic's all made all
2: in China. Time. Yes. They were. They're get,
0: the factory of the world. they, <laughs> they
2: were, they were supplying. T-shirts at two ringgit a T-shirt. <laughs> I don't think there's any supplier in Locally. Malaysia can do it, okay? For this one, I think the minister better re-look at the coupon system. Yes. Uh, It's more like whether it was a lousy supplier or a mm. good supplier. I think that that's, that's a better way to do Or just that. lack
0: of details in the yep. communication. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 Instead of reverting the coupon. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, next we're going to be talking about this hot little debate and contention. Matsabu Sabu now is going to send a lawyer and a letter of demand to uh, Kairi Jamaluddin. We'll talk about that next on Light. You're listening to The Light Breakfast with me, Anita, and this is The Light Front Page with our two panelists this morning, Gayatri Venkateswaran, Assistant Professor of University Nottingham of Malaysia, as well as Dato Wong Sai Wan, Editor-in-Chief of the Malay Mail. Now, we're looking at the latest news of Matsabu's lawyer, who is about to send a letter of demand to Kairi, over the alleged accusation of him using government assets for the Cameron Highland campaigning, Dato. Maybe we can start with you. Uh, is there a body to investigate cases like this? And, you know, does the MACC have any jurisdiction pertaining this matter? Actually,
2: actually, this, this one comes under a wide variety of body. Mm-hmm. The MACC can investigate. The Defence Ministry can investigate. Mm. The Elections Commission can investigate. Mm. In this case, the asset that is accused of using was actually a helicopter. Yes. Royal Malaysian Air Force could also investigate. Mm. I think the one that should worry Mat Sabu the most is... The Election Commission. Mm,
0: right. Okay, Why is that?
2: One of the things that Pakatan Harapan, as an opposition party previously, harped upon was that uh, the Barisan National Government officials constantly use government assets mm. to campaign. Liao yep. Lai when he was home as Housing Minister, was accused of using the fire department helicopter. Mm-hmm. And the answer has always been the same. I mean, I like the way Mat Sabu answered. And he says, I happen to go and visit a uh, military good. camp in that area. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I was entitled to use it. And that answer could have been written by any Barisan <laughs> ex-minister. <laughs> and I think it's just Kyrie picking on him. Right. Uh, no, you know, knowing knowing that, uh, Oops, now you have to answer exactly the way we used to answer.
0: Okay? <laughs> right, right. But uh,
2: to, to me, it's just political banter which will be forgotten when, until the next by-election, there are two more by-elections to come. Mm. Touch food. This is the sixth. Hopefully, by the time they come to a double figure, everyone is more familiar with the role and they will just laugh about it. This accusation of them getting using the assets, uh, Mark Sabu is not the only one.
0: Right. Okay. First of all, I guess the question is, do they have the right as a minister or, you know, uh, to even utilize these uh, assets? And they have
2: never been challenged to the call, okay. This, Even this, from BN time, yes. Your opponent pick it up just to tease you, <laughs> just make fun of you, <laughs> and you. Okay. Can I you. jump in there? Yes, also. I
1: think definitely to a large extent. Okay, they have a right, definitely. Okay, but it's the context that really matters, right? So, for example, like you know that was saying that, what is the context in which you are using this, and and the number of problems because of the timing of the elections. Mm. Now, I think that, you know, as a citizen, as an MP, you have a right to question the minister, those who are in government, mm-hmm. about their use of resources. My problem with in, in this case is that I think the minister is maybe not behaving as a minister and taking every comment as something that is personal, that is harming the reputation when he's in fact accountable to the public. So I think, you know, rushing with this letter of demand also shows that the government is not prepared then to be held accountable to its own, uh, you know, sort of uh, way of doing things. So um, I think, you know, all of us ought to be querying that. So yes, it's not been challenged before and we ought to be challenging it. For all we know, there may be good basis for his use of the the vehicle, it's fine. But I think, you know, using defamation is really not something that we want to see, uh, especially when it comes to holding governments accountable.
0: Thank you very much to the both of you for being here uh, and and on our panel on front page this morning. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Looking very much forward to our next front page on Friday.